Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Mary Wynn. She teaches second grade at Laguna Road Elementary in Fullerton School District. So Mary, thanks for joining us. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> so the way this is going to work is we'll um, kind of start with your journey into teaching and then we'll go through... Um, some other questions based on some pre-interviews I did with people that you referred me to because um, I wanted to do a good job in the interview so I said who can I talk to and you gave me some names so we'll hear from them and get your reaction um, but kind of the general theme is risk-taking and innovation trying things new what makes you tick why are you looking at things in the classroom the way you are so um, that's kind of the, the theme that we'll keep coming back to. Um, and the rest, our, our goal is just to have a good time and to get to know you better. All right, sounds okay. good. All right, so um, so tell me, like, how did you get into teaching? What does that look like? Well, um, I actually, this is kind of embarrassing, but I do have my AA in anthropology. And Why is that embarrassing? Because it's super nerdy. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> So I really liked archaeology and I thought like it was going to be like Indiana Jones and when I went to my first kind of outdoor um, excavation site I was yeah. like it's hot and it's <laughs> dirty and I didn't like it and so I decided I'm just going to read about it in a magazine. Okay. Yeah and then so then I changed um, my major. I went to psychology and Ooh. I really enjoyed like absolutely enjoyed abnormal psychology and in my last class though my counseling class um, my professor said well you might have a client for 10 years and I thought good lord I don't have the patience <laughs> to listen to the same patient for 10 years I think after one year I might be like all right you need to get over it so it kind of dawned on me that this might not maybe, be the right profession. Yeah, like I would probably be like the worst psychologist. I'd be like, no, you need to get over it. Move on, like <laughs> next. Um, so um, I went to special ed. I taught um, okay. autistic kids for um, a few years, which okay. I loved. Um, but after having my first child, it was just kind of too stressful to be so emotionally involved with these mm. families. And then I would, you know, take that home with me. Um, mm. So I just, I stayed in that field for a little bit, just like coaching the new tutors and working with like the teachers, but I wasn't working with the kids anymore or the families. And um, so it's like that little separation. Um, so then I decided I'm just gonna go into teaching and I absolutely love it because it deals with everything. Like yeah. you have psychology, you're also a counselor, you're a nurse. Um, Is there any anthropology in there? Um, no, but I do get to bring that in. That's Except good. for um, I do. Uh, well, I guess I'm gonna just say it, but 
So this super nerdy, but my favorite is biblical archaeology. Okay. <laughs> and I really hope they're going to find Noah's Ark in my lifetime. <laughs> or or Eden. That's yeah, cool. I'm still or, looking. or the Garden of Eden. Yeah, Garden of yeah. Eden. I'm still looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So where, where did you get your teaching credential and <clears throat> where did you start teaching? What was that like for you? So it was um, at Cal State Fullerton. Yay. Block four. Woohoo! <laughs> Love block four. And um, I had really great professors. I got, and then I went back to get my master's in educational technology. And I worked oh. with um, Tim Green and mm -hmm. Laura Donovan. And um, both of them were so good to me. Yeah, and they just, just inspired me to just try different things, especially um, Tim Green. I don't know if you know him. I know of him, yeah. Oh, so Tim Green was every week. It kind of, it kind of drove me nuts, but it, also was really good because he was like, all right, this week we're going to try this app. And then, then he was like, okay, we're going to forget that app and we're going to try this app this time. So it was constantly him giving us different things. And even though it was frustrating because you were spending all this time trying to learn it and use it, and then he would move on to something else. But it also gave me a foundation where I was like, you know what, I'm okay trying new things like just yeah. all the time. And so he actually made it more comfortable where I kind of let go of I want to do it perfectly before I try it. Yeah. So it was constantly like he was switching things up. So it kind of helped me yeah. like be more brave. Make a connection with that to your classroom. Like not in general, but when's the last time where you were doing something and you, you kind of remembered, hey, this was like that, that program. What's um, a specific example? I guess like it was... Um, Probably trying um, Google Classroom okay. with the second graders. Was that this year? No, Did, this was a couple okay, years ago. Okay, because you have second grade again this year, right? Yeah, I have second grade okay. again this year. And um, for them, just teaching them how to do the caps lock and uh, <laughs> passwords <laughs> and just typing in their um, all the letters and numbers and how to distinguish L from 1 and 1 from L and zero from O and O from zero. Um, <laughs> so it took a lot of perseverance, you know, to kind of have that patience mm. to um, constantly remind them how to do it. Yeah. And so, um, so I think like as long as I, even though I could try new things, I had to stay with it and not just like kind of give up on them. Like, oh, they're too young to learn this. You know, I just kept reteaching and reteaching and reteaching. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great place to jump into some of the, the feedback I got from the people I interviewed. I'm so, so scared. <laughs> one of the first questions was, um, and we're, we might stick on this a while, one word to sum you up, okay? So you ready? Yeah. So Angela Platon said, it's a toss up. Uh-huh. Techie. Uh-huh. Or dedicated. Uh-huh. So let's pause there. And then Connie Choi said, dedicated. Oh. How funny. And then your husband, Quan, uh -huh. who goes by Tom. Tom, yeah. <laughs> he said one word, committed. Oh. So all three across the board, committed, dedicated, and dedicated. Mm -hmm. So tell me, how does that resonate with you? Or why do you think they say that about you? Well, um, I think I just feel like if my name is on it, then I really want to do my personal best. Yeah, and I think I try to model that for my students, you know, like even if they're just doing like a simple worksheet um, or like a simple drawing and I go, you know what would make this better if you outlined it 
and if you highlight oh this area I'm like, it's really good right now, but I think you can make it better than I'm that. I'm just picturing myself as one of your students. And <laughs> you just come around, you know what? They probably know you're going to ask that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And then, um, so, and I think, and I tell them this, you know, like when, you know, I'm working on this project and I always like to do my personal best. And, um, and I just remind them, like, if you know, um, if you know your limits, you know, if you know like your strengths and your weakness, then, you know, that's what you work with. And then mm. so my strength is being like creative and kind of drawing and, you know, layouts and things. And so I really enjoy like creating like stuff like that. And then so when they see me do that and then um, so when someone asks me to do something, I already kind of have like a vision and it's probably I'm probably overdoing it. But then <laughs> I feel like, well, that's my personal best. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I heard a couple things in there. One is there's something um, about you that's innately artistic, like you like the layouts and the way things look. Yes, yeah. Um, do you have an example about being committed? And then uh, you also use the word overdoing it, but mm -hmm. but doing it your best in terms of that artistic flair in the classroom. Like, mm -hmm. what does that look like in terms of your classroom? Like, paint a picture. If I haven't ever been to your classroom, what's something I might see? from you in terms of that art? Well, in the classroom, I actually keep it really simple. Like okay. I don't keep, I don't put up anything except for like really the kids artwork. Mm. So if you walk in right now, it's really bare. But right now it's slowly as the kids are learning like um, my expectations, as they finish all their projects, I'm putting them up on a wall and mm. I leave them up like all year. So that's what I decorate with. Mm. Um, if I'm creating a lesson, um, I try to create lessons where it's like, it targets um, everything. So like kinetic learning, mm. you know, like I want them to be able to move around, to touch something. Yeah. And then um, when I have like, if I create a PowerPoint, um, it's mostly visual and very little words. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'll have like a couple words on there, but I want them to hear me and, and pair it with something they're seeing. And That's I think that helps them like retain their information yeah. better. Yeah. And it takes a long time for me to look for the exact picture and that is commercial free use. So I'm <laughs> abiding by yeah. copyright laws. <laughs> yes. Very nice. <laughs> and then um, so it takes me it does take me a long time to create like one of those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's what's something else you mentioned? Um, sort of kinesthetic or building a movement, visual. You talked about you um, like the words you say, what's another element that you would bring in that you think is kind of uniquely you in terms of um, that kind of artistic eye or being like committed to doing your best? Well, I like it when um, I really like my students to learn how to present because when mm. you're able to present and so then you know your topic because you know what you're talking about and then I let them, I give them a choice. You can make a poster. You could actually just draw a picture of what you want to create. Um, so I guess like an example would be um, when I had my students do their passion projects. Mm -hmm. um, I throughout the year we I show them different presentations on their apps. Like you could do an iMovie, you could do a ThingLink, you could just do an Adobe Voice. Um, so that would be more the technical side or the green screen, and then um, or I would take them or you could do like a keynote and I taught them how to like use the um, alpha 
and to like you know get rid of the background yeah. and then they could float and you can insert and in all these different layers That's and, great. and the kids love it because yeah. I just let them know like whatever you're thinking of in your head just yeah. tell me and I can show you like some tools on how to create it yeah so yeah. If, if anyone's listening and you're like alpha float what oh yeah so it's like yeah. removing the background from a picture so the subject stands out yes. and you can have like the slide background yes yeah yeah so you can put in like Google. so sometimes <laughs> I'll um, I usually have a parent come in at the beginning of the year and we put up a green screen and then we um, and then I have the parent take my kids pictures oh. with in different poses oh, with a green screen in the back yeah. and then we'll go to the um, to tech lab um, and I show them how to use the instant alpha and they can take away from it and then when they did their famous um, famous person presentation okay. they did it behind a green screen and then they put in like and then we use it in do ink so then they were able to put in like anything in the background yeah and so the, as they read their story about their famous the person, background is changing yeah the background is so changing. the person watching it sees the kid yes. but then sees the the unique background that's yeah. illustrating yeah that's great yeah i love it i love it um let's jump back to um some of the other interview um Okay, so dedicated comes up more than more than once. Um, okay. Now this might seem off topic, but cooking came up a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Can you illustrate why? Like Angela Plain says, uh, you're an awesome cook, and somebody else brought it up too. Uh, so what? What does that mean to you? Um, you know, I grew up with both parents knowing how to cook. Dinner was like really important in our family. And um, it was, I, I just think dinner is so important to the family. Like it's a time where we gather and then we just talk. And then um, um, my dad taught me like your meal tastes better if you have really good company. Mm. And I think that makes a difference, you know? And then so and I feel like a meal brings us together. So I've always enjoyed cooking. So like when we got to restaurants, you know, and we try different foods, I'm like, oh, I think I can make this. And um, I don't know. I think like, you know, how you know, you've heard of the different types of loves, mm -hmm. you know, so I think mine is service, mm. but with food. <laughs> and so like whenever like my like I'll have like when my friends have a baby, I usually prepare like a week's meal for them. And then, so then all their husbands have to do is just kind of heat it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so we enjoy food. Like <laughs> we, every time I go to Taiwan, I will try to lose five to 10 pounds because when I go there, I want to eat everything. Try yeah. everything. Yeah. Make a connection between sort of cooking and that being part of setting the stage for quality time with other people in the classroom like how do you how do you take that mindset or how do you see that mindset or practice or habit um, portraying uh, or showing up in your classroom well I think um, with cooking um, like with cooking we I love fusion you know mm. so I really enjoy like putting different things together yeah um, like I've made um, um, I don't even know what I call it my 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 family calls it flavorful pasta. Okay. But it's actually with duck 
and okay. it, I put duck and then I make my own um, sauce. It's like a hoisin sauce with a white sauce and you put cranberries and cherries. Oh. And then of course, you need burn off with alcohol and then um, you add duck to it and then whatever vegetable you want. We should have had a cooking show instead of a podcast. <laughs> that sounds and then, amazing. Um, um, so I feel like when I'm cooking, I add like, you know, I take something from different cultures and we add it together. Yeah. And I just, that's how I like my classroom. I love the diversity. And I mean, not just with the color of my students, but with the different levels they're at. Yeah. And it's just, just different spices, you know, and they're always giving me like different ideas. And um, that's where my power comes from is from the kids. Hmm. Yeah. Say and, more about that. Um, so. I feel like when they run into something or they think of something, then that gives me the creativity to help them kind of expand that even more. Yeah. So when I have a student says, well, how do you, um, how do like roller coasters work? And then we look it up and we talk about it. Then even though they're young, we'll talk about like, I'll bring in like Newton's law and we'll talk about like how energy, how there's like conservative, how there's potential energy. So this is the potential for it to do something. And then how it just sits at rest. And, um, and I just want my students to know that there's more than just looking at like something 2D. There's always 3D and we can always keep building and building and there's always experts um, that we can ask about for more information. Yeah, so just everything about teaching just just all the different dynamics. I mean, there's like good days and you know, there's some days where I'm just like, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, I mean, every day is just different. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, routine or boring and there's always something happening in the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you kind of gave the example of student asking a question and then that sort of fueling investigation and discussion. Yes. Um, so potentially many students can ask many questions and they go many different directions and maybe that's not the direction that's, you know, where we eventually want to get to the class. So what guides you in terms of yes, let's explore that, or let's keep going, or let's pull back. What What's your driving principle when you're trying to, because listening to a student and following their question will engage them, but then if you have to get to some class goal or standards or whatever, so what, what guides you in terms of that balance? Well, it so if they're, so it depends on my project. So my project is for them to learn more about, um, let's say chemical reactions. And, but they have a question about, you know, like balloons. So then we will talk about like how that just relates back to chemical reactions, you know, somehow with a balloon. So with a balloon inside, there's like mm. air, and then we'll talk about how um, actually the atmosphere is not, um, has, is not oxygen, right? There's more, what is it, nitrogen and hydrogen, right? And, um, and we talk about that. And then we talk about carbon dioxide and we'll talk about how we have to take care of the earth. Most of the time it's about, um, I re really bring all my students back to the earth because I don't think they realize that everything comes from the earth and that's why it's really important that we take care of it. So even when they're um, sharpening their pencils, I go, okay, you know, um, 
I really like how you're not breaking your pencils because right now it's a little fad where they make their pencils super oh, tiny. Super small. Yeah, super <laughs> small, right? And then I just had a talk with them yesterday and I said, I know that you love tiny things because you guys are tiny and it's kind of fun, <laughs> but um, you know, it takes a really long time to grow a tree. You yeah. know, it could take a, a hundred years to grow like a tree big yeah. enough to make enough pencils for the school. Yeah. And so you're wasting a tree. So your children might not have enough pencils because they'll have to wait a hundred years for that tree to grow, yeah. which is really not true, but <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> That's another. <laughs> Just something to think about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read a couple of, uh, or a quote from each person, and I'm going to ask you just to pick one to elaborate on. So your husband said, um, one of the things that stands out to him about you is how you learned how to code in order to write the Laguna Road website before the (laughs) district had a website. So that's one. Um, And then another one is, she would make meals for my whole family, so I didn't need to think about dinner after a long work day back when we were job sharing Mm -hmm. that was connie and um the other one is um phone calls late at night to share your greatest latest and greatest idea (laughs) so late phone calls at night to share latest and greatest ideas or learning code to create a school website or the other one was making meals when you're job sharing pick one of those and elaborate okay well I think one of my greatest accomplishments was trying to learn how to code, like HTML. Mm -hmm. And it was basically um, the Laguna Road website was just like this cartoon GIFs in the beginning. And with a light blue, like pastel background. And I mean, you could actually count the pixels, you know? (laughs) Um, So I said, hey, you know, I want to redo the website. And then they said, sure. And so I came down here and gave, um, someone gave me a Dreamweaver Yeah, disc Dreamweaver. And said, here you go. And so um, wow. I actually went to uh, Taiwan to kind of help my mom with some things, um, some personal matters. And in those three weeks, um, when I wasn't helping her, I just kind of just learned how to code. And I like how you put it. I just learned how to code. It was hard and it was <laughs> pure perseverance. And I remember one night um, just staring at the screen thinking, I'm never going to get this. And I remember laying in bed and when I closed my eyes, I literally saw code. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is how Neo feels in the matrix. I (laughs) think I get it. And so then I started um, remembering like kind of, it's kind of like flashcards where I'm like, oh, if this bracket means this and you know, I need to put a backslash when I'm ending something and BR means break, you know? (laughs) And so then after that, it just kind of, like dawned on me. I mean, I don't know it like very well, but I know enough to kind of cheat. Yeah. And um, sometimes I'll just look at the, I'll look at a website uh-huh. and I go, oh, I really like that. I wonder how they did that. And I just um, look at their, I view the source on that website and I am able to find that specific one I like and then yeah. I copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cheating. <laughs> no, it's great. That's great. Yeah. So, um, and I think that just goes back to like just doing my personal best, you know, because mm-hmm. if 
people knew I was trying to do the website and um, if my name is on it, then I'm going to work really hard to make it like as good as I want it to be. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, we're getting to the, the end of our time. I was wondering, we haven't really talked about how like if you kind of have this perseverance or commitment and that includes like trying new things, things that you might not be comfortable with, but you're willing to push into that um, outside your comfort zone. How do you relate to, let's say, another teacher or staff member who's not in that mental space, like they're, they're more worried about trying something new? How do you talk to them or um, interact with them if you want them to go along with you? What does that look like? Well, um, sometimes I will lie and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's great. And you should do this and the kids will totally get it. And then sometimes they'll try and go, oh my gosh, it was so much chaos. And I'm like, I know, right? Wasn't it funny? And then, um, but you know what? Just by me kind of like, um, um, I guess like kind of lying <laughs> that it helped them make that first step, you know? You know other people are going to listen to this, right? <laughs> they're they're going to know now. <laughs> well, it's more like exaggerating. Okay. And um, so I would exaggerate like maybe how easy it was just to get them just to, so they can dip their feet. And then the second time they try it, they'll see that it's better. It's just always taking that first leap and, um, and when I was part-time with, um, when I was part-time before, um, I would actually just go in on my days off and then some, some teachers were like, oh, I want to try this, but oh, wow. I wasn't, you know, like, I'm really scared. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll come in and I'll just sit in the back. And then, so just sometimes teachers just like that presence mm -hmm. of someone else, like having to, you know, hold their hand or fall back on. And um, I mean, with me, my husband's really techie. So if I made a mistake, I'd be like, "Hun, <laughs> I did something wrong. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. And I just, I just always let the teachers know there's always an undo button. So yeah. don't worry. Just press it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Which I'm sure the district will be like, no, don't press it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to wrap up, um, this year we hired a lot of new teachers, like 50 plus teachers. Um, any words of advice for somebody who's just getting into teaching? What do you What do you tell them? Oh, you know what? I um, I I did meet that group of the new teachers. Yeah. and that's right. That's right. You're part of our orientation. And thank you, by the way, for doing that. Oh, no worries, no worries. Yeah, that was fun. And you know what? It was awesome because I was looking at them and I was like, they're so excited. Yeah. And they're not like tired yet and they're just like <laughs> <laughs> the world you know is so beautiful to them and yeah. they just want to try different things and I just say hold on to that passion and yeah. just never ever forget that feeling that you have when you first walk and yeah. um, walk in and you're so excited and you're nervous like your stomach's hurting like Oh, all those back to school nights with the parents staring at you you know that's <laughs> nerve-wracking but at the same time, you're like so passionate. You're like, this is what I'm gonna do this year. And this yeah. is, you know, my goal. And I hope they'll always remember that lovely, that awesome feeling that they can really conquer the world, yeah. you know? Well, you got me pumped up. <laughs> I, I wanna go back in my classroom. It's Whoa. like when you're a teenager, you know, like yeah. teenagers, you know, I told my kids, like, I wish you guys could hold on to your 
you know, emotions right now because you're so passionate about everything. Yeah. But I felt like as we get older, we kind of like, you know, set our passions inside and, mm. you know, be like, oh, well, realistically, you know, I hope that they always hold on to that passion yeah. and not think so realistically, you know, yeah. like when you're old, still have that passion and try to figure it out, yeah. make it work. I love it. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank and you. I'm so glad to have you. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.